in the face of John Collins. Super Bowl champions, Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. And now it's time for Swoop Radio with your host, Josh Sanchez. Hey everybody and welcome back to Swoop Radio. I am your host Josh Sanchez and man, oh man, oh man, what a week it has been in the sports world. For today's podcast, before we get started, you guys can tune in every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Just go on your web browser and search Swoop Radio and I'll pop right up all the latest news about the sports and also getting into detail with certain athletes. So for today's podcast, what we are going to talk about today is a lot of basketball. We're going to start with the Harden trade and how him and Kevin Durant have looked great so far. The Brooklyn Nets, they did lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday night, but What we've seen so far from James Harden and Kevin Durant, I'll get into that. I'm also going to talk a little bit about Ben Simmons and how this is not, this is usually how Ben Simmons plays starting out the year. I'll get into that. And then I'll also talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and the coaching carousel that is continuing and also playoff football because I went 4-0 in my picks this past week and I was spot on with all of the bets, everything. I won a lot of people some money this weekend, and a couple of my friends reached out to me. Um, shout out to those guys because, I mean, we all know I'm just trying to help you guys make money and also enjoy watching your sports games. So that's all going to be in store for today's podcast. And again, tune in every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. So, without further ado, let's get started with the first topic. We're going to start this first topic all about basketball talk. We're going to start with the James Harden trade. Last week, I got into the specific details about who got traded, like which players went to which team. But now we got to get into how James Harden has fit in with Kevin Durant. And right now, even though they lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers... And let's be honest, the game went into double overtime. It was their first game ever playing with each other, Kyrie, KD, and James Harden. So it's going to take them some time to really click and mesh and get that chemistry on the defensive end because we all know how they are offensively. But James Harden, first game with with the Nets, dropped 35, had a triple-double. Kevin Durant has been averaging over 30 on 48% shooting from three and over 50% from the field. Easily the top MVP candidate of the year. It's between him, Embiid, and LeBron right now. Those are the top three in the MVP voting. Got to give respect to and give my credit to LeBron James, obviously year 18. 
leading scorer for the Lakers. I know they lost a tough one to the Warriors this past week, but LeBron is still LeBron. Kevin Durant, like I just said, over 30 on 55% from the field, 48% from deep, almost 90% from the free throw line. And let's be honest, he's coming off of a torn Achilles. And that just shows you again, Kevin Durant's game is not really built on athleticism. It's more sharp shooting, pull up jump shots, and then and then occasionally attacking the rim. That's what makes Kevin Durant so great. But then you give him a James Harden, and let's not forget, folks, James Harden led the elite, led the NBA in assists three years ago. He averaged around 11 a game. So James Harden definitely knows how to make his teammates better, and you already saw that. The Harden-Durant pick and roll, it's unguardable because you can do so much options with them too. As a defender, you're put in a very tough spot. Do I come up on James Harden but then leave Kevin Durant on the trail on the pick and pop? That's an easy three-point shot. Or Durant can attack the paint, James Harden lobs to KD. It's another easy two points. Or if you show too much on Kevin Durant, James Harden attacks the rim. You go under the screen, James Harden can hit the step back, hit a three. So you saw a lot of those plays early on in these first two games. And obviously, there's no other greatest player of all time that can run the pick and roll and Steve Nash as their coach. So not only do they have amazing pick and roll ball handlers, they have a great teacher in Steve Nash, first bout Hall of Famer, two-time MVP, the best, one of the best point guards in the pick and roll. You got to just watch the tape and roll the tape on Steve Nash. There's a lot to it. Uh, It's a lot to it because you got to set your screener up perfectly so that way the defender cannot catch up to you. There's a lot to that than just dribbling around a player and shooting or passing. There's a lot to it. There's reads. There's You have to read coverages and what the defense is giving you. But that's what we saw a lot of in these first two games with James Harden. Both Brooklyn Nets wins. And they're, I know they, the first win was against the Magic, but then they beat a Milwaukee Bucks team at full strength, and they did it without Kyrie Irving. Now, we saw this Cavs game with Kyrie. James Harden's touches will probably be a little bit affected. It all depends on who's hot. Like, for example, against the Cavs on Wednesday night, Kevin Durant was on fire. He had 38 points. All right, that's why he's taking 25 shots. Kyrie Irving also had... 35 points. He took more than 20 shots. James Harden really wasn't hitting on the outside. He had a solid 25, but he had 15 assists. So like these three guys offensively are going to be amazing. They are going to put up 80 to 90 points a night and good luck stopping that. Now the question that's going to happen with Brooklyn is what are they going to do defensively? Because Harden is a solid defender, but not excellent. Kyrie Irving is a decent defender, but not excellent. KD has gotten really good defensively, but they really do not have no rim protector down low. And the Nets could possibly trade Kyrie. I'm not a fan of that. Kyrie will probably be the difference maker for the Nets winning the championship. Because I honestly believe with Harden and Kevin Durant, they are the best team in the Eastern Conference. And they proved that of over their win against the Milwaukee Bucks. So Kyrie Irving just gets them over the top. 
So again, between the big three, they can each put up 30 a night. That's how great they are. They don't need the ball in their hands a lot. I know Kyrie and Harden love to dribble, but they have a guy in Kevin Durant now that can just catch and shoot off of their passes. It's easy. It's it's just easy points. And as the season progress, progresses and as Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant gain that chemistry on the court, you will see them become a better defensive team. Right now, defensively, the Nets have a lot of work to do. And there's a, and that all comes down to team chemistry and figuring out what spots on the floor am I effective in? What spots can, how can we all work together? How can we rotate on the defensive end and communicate? There was just a lot of miscommunications on the Nets part. Because you got to think about it. They lost Jared Allen, their best rim protector. DeAndre Jordan is... A solid center, but he is a backup role. He's just like a Dwight Howard, a perfect backup center. So that's the question that's going to be that's going to have to be solved with the Nets. Maybe they get a veteran on a veteran's minimum. Um, I know Andre Drummond. There's a couple other guys that there's a log jam in Cleveland. So that you can honestly give them a phone call. So we just have to wait and see. Uh, but the sky's the limit for them big for their big three and. And my, in my opinion, with Kyrie, if they figure out their chemistry on the defensive end, this team is winning the finals. They're already coming out of the East. No disrespect to Boston, even my Philadelphia 76ers, and also the Milwaukee Bucks. But this Nets team, they're just too explosive on the offensive end. I trust Kyrie Harden and Kevin Durant over a Ben Simmons, which we will get into later on this, on this topic. And I, I just tr- I trust that the big three over Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis in the Milwaukee. Or the Celtics big three in Kemba, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. I, I just trust Harden, Kyrie, and Durant more. And we all know how playoff basketball is. It's harder to get buckets. You need guys that can create their own shot. And that's what Harden can give you, KD can give you, and Kyrie can give you. There's just no stopping that. But anyway, as I mentioned with Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons against the Boston Celtics had 11 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. For the year, Ben Simmons is averaging 12 points a game, about 9 rebounds, and just over 8 assists a night. So... I get why a lot of people are worried because Ben Simmons is usually averaging 16 points throughout his career. He's averaging four points lower. But the thing with Ben Simmons is usually in the beginning of the seasons, Ben Simmons takes his time to feel out what the defense is giving him. I don't know what it is, but this, this at this time last year, Ben Simmons was averaging 12 points a game. Like seven rebounds and seven assists last year in the first 16 games with the Philadelphia 76ers last year. But the thing with Ben Simmons is he is going to, there's two things with him. One, he needs to find and be a little bit more aggressive with finding his shots on the floor. He should be getting 10 free throw attempts a game and he should be at least just taking the open mid-range jumpers that that's offered to him. He doesn't need to hit a three. I'm tired of everyone saying that. And also another thing with Ben Simmons is the turnovers. He has to cut the turnovers down. 
against Boston, what the Philadelphia 76ers did really good, they only turned the ball eight times. Simmons only had three turnovers. If Simmons can give you three or less turnovers a game, that's perfect for the Sixers. That is absolutely perfect. If he turns the ball over three or fewer times and gives the Sixers about eight to 12 assists a night, which he should, with the weapons in his disposal, he has the Tobias Harris, he has Joel Embiid playing at an MVP level. Once Seth Curry comes back from COVID, Seth Curry will be a great catch and shoot and already has proven to be a great catch and shoot guy with Ben Simmons. And then also you have Shake Milton coming off the bench, you have Dwight Howard on lobs. So there's a lot of options for Ben Simmons to get eight to 12 assists a game and that's what he should be getting. It is a little concerning because Ben Simmons is only averaging about eight to nine shots a game. That number has to go up at least to a solid 12, 13 shots a game. Just find a shot more. Ben Simmons, if Ben Simmons took at least four to eight mid-range jumpers in a game, made half of them, that would even open up his drives a little bit more and he wouldn't get called for so many offensive charges. And also, when he's down in the low block and he has a younger guy, like Grayson Allen against the Memphis Grizzlies, take him, body him, oppose your will on the smaller guards. And if he just did those small little tweaks, he would give you about 18, which is perfect. That's all Ben Simmons needs to give. For me, I don't even want him to give you 18. If he can give you 16 and 10 assists, the number for me is the 10 assists. If he can give you over 10 a night, that's a win. On all of the Sixers wins this year, Ben Simmons has at least had eight assists a game. On, on, his, on the losses, he had two assists against Cleveland. He had two assists against, oh, I'm trying to remember another team he, he had uh, two assists on. But anyway, my point is Ben Simmons... His role is that lead facilitator. And as the lead facilitator, you should be getting more than 10 assists a game, especially with his passing ability. Enough with the dumb jump passes and skip passes. Set up your teammates, set up your shooters, and we'll be all right. But Ben Simmons was also involved in the James Harden trade. It's just interesting. I know a lot of people are going to... I can't really defend Ben Simmons right now. He does need to step up on the offensive end. Defensively, he had a, he was a very great... He did a very great job defending lately. He's been doing great. Memphis, he did struggle a little bit, but I think that's due to him not really putting enough effort on the offensive end. He, he's an energy guy, and once, he's, once he has his energy, he's all right. But right now, no need to panic if you're a Sixers fan. I know you want Ben Simmons to score more. I know it's been four straight years of the same crap. But he has taken more threes than he has last year. He just needs to find his mid-range game a little bit more and find his shot. And I believe he will once around January, February hits. That's when Ben Simmons usually hits his stride. And the Sixers will be on another level. Because literally, if he just took mid-range jumpers... The Sixers could compete with the Brooklyn Nets because unlike the Nets, the Sixers have great defense and they have Joel Embiid who proved 
Wednesday night why he is an MVP candidate. Got to the free throw line over 20 times. He's just a mismatch. There's no one on the Celtics that could guard him. And there's barely anyone in the league that can guard him. So with that being said, sky's the limit for Joel Embiid and the Sixers team. Can Ben Simmons just hit the 15-footer? That's it. That's all he needs to do is hit the 10 to 15-footer. Great. That's all we need. But you guys listen to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on Anchor.fm. A great podcast recording software. It's so great. Put you on Apple Podcasts. Get you wherever you need to go publicly. But also tune in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. This concludes the first half of today's podcast. Stick around. And this is Josh signing off. We'll be right back. Hey everybody and welcome to the second topic of today's Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. Man, just to recap last topic, I got into the Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant trio. The big three that is probably going to win the Eastern Conference and compete with the Los Angeles Lakers or whoever comes out of the West because the West is crazy. I know a lot of people, I'm one of those people, Lakers are going to come out of the West. But the Clippers and other teams could surprise you. Whoever knows, who knows at this point. But got into that, talked a little bit about Ben Simmons and why his numbers were down is a little bit concerning but I've been telling people the number for him is his assist and if he can get his scoring up to about 15 16 a night and give you 10 11 assists that, that's all you need that, that's Steve Nash won an MVP giving you that number but anyway now we got to get into the football part and before I get started with football I just want to give a quick little shout out to the Flyers I know they are three and one to start the year they defeat the Penguins twice they, they got blown out by Buffalo the first time, but then they won 3-0 to nothing on Tuesday night. So shout-out to your Philadelphia Flyers on a big-time win. 3-1 and one to start the year. They have a great young core. Guys, if you're not a hockey people, give them a watch because out of their 16 or 20-something starters on their team, 10 of those guys are first-round picks. This Flyers are drafting well. And they're developing talent in a great way. Unlike your Philadelphia Eagles. Perfect segue into this talk. Because the coaching search continues in Philadelphia. Right now the leading candidates are Josh McDaniels. The former Patriots offensive well, The current Patriots offensive coordinator. Apparently he was hanging out with Jeffrey Lurie for like the whole day. And Howie Roseman. They were having a party down there in Florida. I don't know why, but a lot of these business owners and presidents of the team, when they interview coaches, like they love to make it a full day event. They love to give them wine and crackers and sit by the beach and just building up that chemistry since day one. But 
here's some names of the Philadelphia Eagles coaches just to keep your heads up all Eagles fans because we all know that if one of these names comes up you heard it here first from Soup Radio so at number 10 and I found this article on NewJersey.com these are the top 10 Eagles candidates currently right now that they're looking at a big shout out to them for sending me this news but so here's their top 10 coaching candidates so at number 10 John Fassel though he's a special teams coach uh, he was the Cowboys special teams coach and I don't really like getting Cowboys coaches I just feel weird about that but he's definitely not the right fit he's towards the bottom of the the list Uh, Colleen Moore another Dallas Cowboy offensive coordinator another guy uh, towards the bottom Gerard Mayo he is the former New England Patriots linebacker coach And that's another New England guy, just for you guys to understand. There's a lot of defensive-minded guys on this list because we all know Jim Schwartz is leaving. He is taking a break from coaching. We all know Doug Peterson got fired. So the Eagles are going to, they need new defense. They need help all around, and they need leadership. And that's what it starts, getting the leaders on the team, finding that leader among men in the coaches coaching staff that's one thing Doug Peterson did very well another guy Dennis Allen the New Orleans Saints defensive coordinator let's not forget folks the Saints have had a top five defense the past four years under Allen and but I also know that he has had a bad rough has had a rough ride coaching being as a head coach in the NFL he went eight and 28 in two seasons with the Oakland Raiders so I don't really know about you as well Dennis Allen Joe Brady the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator another guy that he did great in in terms of developing Christian McCaffrey's game and really taking him to the next level but what has the Panthers offense done have they been a number one offense for a couple seasons now let's be honest not really I mean the Carolina Panthers have had they've had their moments of being a good offensive team but do I like this higher mm, not really a lot of these guys right now I'm like eh, I don't really know but he also did a good job grooming Joe Burrow for the NFL when the two were at LSU so we'll see I mean the Eagles right now our job is not really attractive first-time head coaches I know if I'm a first-time head coach and I'm looking at this team this team is a hot mess from top to bottom they have not drafted well their offensive scheme and defensive schemes at times are terrible and they have ender leaders on their team their quarterback is supposedly the leader but he creates so much drama I'm staying away but here's some names so here's now here's the top five on the Number five, Nick Sirani. Sorry, guys, pronouncing that name wrong. He has been the quarterback's coach, a wide receiver's coach, and an offensive coordinator for the Colts. Um, I know he was, he has had work with Phillip Rivers. So he he has great chemistry with Phillip Rivers, and we all know um, Carson Wentz plays a little similar style. Definitely need to work on his accuracy. 
Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's another guy. Um, the interview with, according to John Clark, went very well. Now he did have a couple good years with the Jets, but then he got fired. Well, not really good years. Twenty four forty with the Jets. Um, but but he's had he's done a great job with the Buccaneers. And this year, and their defense is solid. They really drew Brees to three interceptions Devin White is an absolute stud a pro bowl snub should be an all pro and he helped develop that young defensive core number three on this list and the guy I already talked about Josh McDaniels that's another guy that the Eagles they have high on their radar list so these guys are all high on the late on the radar list from five up so Nick Sarani Todd Bowles Josh McDaniels at number three. Eric, we all know, we all know this guy. One of the um, the best quarterback coaches and also offensive coordinator. Eric the Enemy, we all know he what he's done with Patrick Mahomes. I know part of that is Andy Reid, but you also got to give him credit. He's worked with Mahomes one-on-one, and you're seeing that explosive offense and how that is. And that could be another guy the Eagles could get. And then number one on this article, but not number one on my list, is Deuce Staley. Um, No disrespect, and I'm not trying to start any bombs. Deuce Staley has been, he was a former Eagles player. He also has been the running backs coach for the Philadelphia Eagles for years now. If there's a guy that definitely deserves the job, it is him. But I don't want him... I don't want his first job to be the Philadelphia Eagles job. And that's only because the Eagles are a hot mess. I want Deuce Staley to go somewhere and find a great first head coaching job than this mess. The Eagles stink from top to bottom. They stink. And this and this next year, I'm not expecting a lot from this Eagles team, honestly. I'm expecting probably five to five to eight wins they're just screaming eight and eight for me at best low and the lowest they'll go is probably five and eleven that's what i'm seeing from this eagles team and i don't want deuce staley to be put in a position where the eagles fire him after two years because the eagles the eagles have not drafted well for the past four years so it's going to take us years to get back to how we once were we're not going to catch lightning in a bottle like we did in 2017. Let's be honest. The Eagles were 9 and 7. 9 and 7, guys. 7 and 9, 9 and 7. That's what they were and then all of a sudden they called lightning in a bottle, 13 and 3 win the Super Bowl. So Deuce Staley, I do think he probably should be promoted, maybe offensive coordinator. That would be a good match. But head coach right now I just think it wouldn't be a good fit for him. And I, I want him to succeed at elsewhere. But again, if you guys agree or disagree, so the main guys to look for, Deuce Staley. And if he gets a job, that's great. Eric the Enemy. I would really like him, but he's most likely going to stay. I know the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator had talks, but then he was like, nah, I'm not going to Philly. Because again, we're the laughing stock of the NFL right now. We are a joke. Not gonna lie to you. That's how bad this year was. We failed expectations. Everyone thought we were a playoff team, and we stink. We stink. 
Besides Fletcher Cox, you take Fletcher Cox out of that defense. Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, what is our defense? Barbecue chicken. That's what our defense is. Toast. Burnt toast. But anyway, names to look at before I conclude this topic and transition to my NFL picks for championship weekend and also how my picks went last week. But here's the names again, guys. Nick Serrani. Colts offensive coordinator, Todd Bowles, Tampa Bay's defensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, New England's offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, Chiefs quarterback coach slash offensive coordinator, and Deuce Staley. So those are the five names for you guys to look at in Eagles fans. Now, as we get closer to the draft, once the combine, if the NFL does have a combine, is done, I will give you guys a full Eagles seven round mock draft with the sixth pick. The Eagles have a lot of options to do. They can trade down and get multiple first round picks, maybe even a first round pick next year and have multiple first round picks next year. The Eagles have a lot of options to do, but we're sitting there at the sixth pick in the first round, sixth pick in the second. We have a high pick in each round, so we cannot miss on these players. But that concludes my Eagles topic for today. Now I'm going to transition to what went down in the NFL this past week. Because, man, I don't want to brag or anything, but I went 4-0. Yes, 4-0 this past week. I got every single game right. I said that the Chiefs were going to beat the Browns, but if you're betting the game that spread because at nine and a half a little too high the Browns definitely earned their respect this postseason I picked the Bills to beat the Ravens it just comes down to what that game came down to Lamar Jackson threw that costly pick six the Bills defense really stuffed the Ravens running game it just came down to can Lamar Jackson hit those tight windows and he and at He's at this point in his career where he can't do that consistently yet. Do I think he has the potential to do that? Yes. But until he does that, the Ravens will continue to not reach a Super Bowl. When you play against a Patrick Mahomes, when you play against a tough defensive team in the Bills, or even the Titans, yes, he got over the hump against the Titans this year. Well, the Titans are not even that good defensively. But a playoff team, that's my point. The windows are going to be tighter. It's colder. you got to be able to throw it into tight windows to keep the defense honest. So then that, that'll open your running game up. But my point is, until then, that happens, I'm going to continue to take the Bills or take the Chiefs over the Ravens. No disrespect to the Ravens. They're a playoff team. They're solid. They just need to... Elevate that passing game. Get a get a legit number one. Marquise Brown is not a number one guy. If you gave Lamar Jackson a Stephon Diggs, maybe his passing would step up. But those are the questions that the Ravens have to answer. I also got the Packers-Rams game right. The Packers are like a well-oiled machine right now in the offensive end. If you try and take away Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones runs all over you. Aaron Rodgers throws dimes to Anthony Lazard. Um, I, 
can't even pronounce the other guy's last name. The, the Packers have a solid receiving core. And again, it's led by Devontae Adams. 18 reception receiving touchdowns in the regular season. And he missed the first, like, what, three games? If he played a full season, he's breaking Randy Moss's record. That's how great he is. He is, And he's not the fastest guy. He's not the most physical guy. But he just gets open. You know, guys that just understand football, they can get open. That Watch the tape on Devontae Adams if you're an NFL wide receiver. His route running, solid. The best in football. That is a guy to watch. Football tape. I've, I I just, him, his and Rod, him and Rodgers' chemistry is just on another level. And, and it doesn't matter if you put Jalen Ramsey on him. You have Aaron Donald trying to rush the passer. Packers just get it done. And then obviously the last game, the Buccaneers beat the Saints. Again, I did not trust Drew Brees in this game. You can tell. You, you can just tell that this is Drew Brees' last game. You can't really throw the ball more than 20 yards. You can't win playoff games that way. And Drew Brees has had one of the best NFL careers anyone can ask for. A guy that's six foot just defied the odds. First, first bout Hall of Famer. In my opinion, he's around a top 10 quarterback. If he would have won another Super Bowl, he would have been in the top five. But props to Drew Brees, NFL's leading passing yards guy. Tom Brady will probably beat that next year because he's crazy. But credit when credit is due to Drew Brees. Now I'm going to get into my picks for this week. Lock them. Um, in terms of the spread, I'm not really going to get into the spread talk. But if I were to take this game, I would take if Mahomes does not play, the Bills are going to win the game. And that's even with the points. I'm taking Bills with the points because right now Kansas City is around a three-point favorite. Same with Packers. The Packers are a three-point favorite over the Buccaneers. Both of those games, if it's around three, three and a half, take the underdog because both of these games are going to be close. I honestly think the Buccaneers-Packers game is going to come down to a game-winning field goal. So my picks for this week, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Final score, 31-28. I think Rodgers and Brady both throw for four passing touchdowns. Brady ties the game late. Aaron Rodgers, in 50 seconds left of the game, gets, his, gets the Packers in the field goal range. Packers win and go to the Super Bowl. I just, it's just, I don't know any team that can stop Aaron Rodgers in that well-oiled machine in the Packers offense this year. They are just clicking on all cylinders. Tom Brady, the GOAT, he proved it this year. Again, 14th conference championship game. Man, he is just on another level. And then for the AFC, if Mahomes plays, I think the Chiefs win a close game. I think it comes down to Mahomes at the end. Mahomes, whoever gets the ball at the at, at the last possession is going to win the game. But I, I like the Chiefs. If, if, Mahomes, if Mahomes plays, the 
Chiefs to beat the Bills 26 to 22. Now, if Mahomes does not play, I like the Bills to beat the Chiefs in the low scoring game 24 to 16. So, those are my picks. If Mahomes does not play, Mahomes does play, Chiefs win. Mahomes does not play, Bills win. And then I'm taking the Packers over the Buccaneers. Well, this concludes today's podcast. Again, tune in every 12, every Friday, my fault, guys. Every Friday at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Anchor.fm. Just hit that web browser on your phone, laptop, wherever. And search Swoop Radio. I will pop right up. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the Sixers game tonight as well. They take on the Celtics again. And this is Josh signing off.